Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Welcome, everybody, to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. I'm Pete Wright. That there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, Professor, Nikki. Professor, Professor Pete. Pete Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had shirts embroidered. Nice. No, that's a lie. I did not do that. Hey, we are, so it's back to school season here. I know the rest of the country has been in school for uh, many, many weeks, but we are just getting into back to school next week. And I'm very excited about that because that also means that uh, for many of us who have not been doing so as regularly, it's back to work season too. I was going to say, so for the people that work from home, yeah. it's back to work. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're starting a September series uh, that. Uh, you have uh, divined for us here the uh, ADHD in the workplace. Yeah, and actually, you know, as I was thinking about it, it, it sort of actually goes well with the theme last last month with college students because, you know, after they graduate, they're looking for jobs, right? So, that is the truth. Um, it's actually a really good uh, lean-in to, to what we're going to be talking about this this month. I love it. And and you actually have a, a, a great background to be talking about this. I mean, your background is HR. It is. And, and so it was actually really fun for me to put these episodes together um, and, and start thinking about, you know, outlines and what I wanted to talk about and tips and, and strategies and stuff. Because, yeah, I do. I have a background in HR and did it for many years. And um, so it, it's sort of fun to go back to, to my old roots. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so we've got this, this sort of overarching series that we're going to be talking talking about, um, you know, we'll talk about, you know, things like you know, interviewing and organizing your workplace and, and, and how to be really productive during the day. And then we've got a, a good uh, digital episode in the works for later. But today we're talking about picking the right job. Right, right. Picking the right, right job, right career path. Um, you know, and we, and it's important that we always, that, that anybody, whether you have ADHD or not, it doesn't matter. You want to be in a job that, that you love and you you know, feel passionate about, right? Because that just makes the days go by um, a lot better and faster than if you're in a job that you absolutely hate. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. Yeah, no, me either. Um, so, you know, I think that it, it's important for anyone, but it can really be important for the ADHD mind um, just in, in for the simple fact that they want to be or they have to be challenged. And if they're not challenged or they're not having fun or they don't really care about what it is they're doing, then they're going to be bored easily. Um, and that's probably, too, why if you look at statistics, you're going to see that there's a lot more job hopping um, around when people have ADHD just because they do. They get bored and they want to move on to something sure, new sure. Um, or bigger and better. And so um, I definitely, you know, especially when I'm 
talking to um, people that are just, you know, left college or they're trying something new. They're thinking about leaving their current job and getting into something new to talk to them about what they're passionate about and to talk to them about what um, they really want to do. And, and, um, and uh, sometimes that takes a little bit of trial and error, right? Because you don't always know what it is that you want to do. Um, or can you make money from it? You know, you might like to basket weave, but can you make you know, can you make your rent basket weaving, you know? So there might be definitely some questions, um, around what it is you want to do. So anyway, this, this idea kind of, um, started because I read an article from Dr. Uh, Edward Hollowell, and it was in Attitude Magazine. We'll make sure to put the link into the show notes so mm-hmm. people can actually read the article itself. And uh, it was titled Careers for ADHD Adults, uh, Which One is for You? And he is the author of uh, many popular ADHD books, including The Driven to Distraction, which is probably one of his most famous, um, and Delivered from Dis- Distraction. And uh, in this article, he actually references this new book that, that I guess he has called Sean. And I haven't checked it out yet, so it's something that is on my to-do list to check out. But it's called Shine, um, Using Brain Science to Get the Best from Your People. And in the article, he's going to ask you 10 questions to sort of ask yourself and figuring out sort of what the right job would be for you. And I'm not going to go over all 10 questions um, in the podcast. You can definitely read that article on your own. But there were a couple that kind of stood out for me as far as questions that I ask my own clients. And I thought, well, this would be a good, a good thing for people to at least be thinking about if they're, you know, thinking about that career switch. I look forward to this. And did it at any point, uh, did it at any point make you think, gosh, was I screwed up as a young person? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Well, I don't know. I, whenever I, whenever I look at these sorts of things, I think, well, yep, I did that when I made, that was a mistake. Ended up in a career for too long. Oh, it's funny because, you know, I've ended up, this is my seven year anniversary doing what I'm doing right now. And it's, uh, it's August, uh, sort of generally, uh, general Happy August. Well, thank you very much. It's, it is very exciting because I never, uh, if you looked at my career and the, the way I've sort of jumped around from not just employer to employer, I, I stayed with the same employer for, for many years, but jumped into different roles with some frequency. At seven years, I never would have expected to, do, to be doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, but I think part of it is because, as you say, I'm challenged with something new and different every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's probably the only way it's it keeps me kind of fresh. Right. Absolutely. That's that's a that's a great observation. Well, so, and I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like too when I look at my career path and I think about you know I where uh, what my degree is in and what I did right after college and then what I did in those few years before I started my own company because um, it's my anniversary in August as well. Oh, happy anniversary! <laughs> Thank you. Um, six years, I believe, I is when I first opened Take mm-hmm. Control Organizing. So anyway, you know, when you look at that, you kind of see how one job led to another and how that experience you know really helped you to the next. And I mean, you can kind of see how that um, gets built. And I think that it probably does matter, you know, what's being told to you. You know, are you, do you have to be doing something if somebody's telling you you should do something or you should be doing this because it makes so much money or you should, you know what I mean? It's like I know I've met clients before, I, one particular client that I'm thinking of that was a lawyer and she got into being, um, got into law and, and ended up hating it, you yeah. know? And so um, it, it's all of those things too, I think. And for me, my 
mom has always been really supportive and just the sense that it's, it's just a job. It's, it doesn't define you. And if you don't like it, then, you know, get a different one. Um, I'm like, okay. (laughs) uh, Well, that's it. What you do does not define who you are. No, it really doesn't. I, I think that it's important to find something that you enjoy doing because that's how you're spending your time. And that's really the bottom line. I mean, I, when I talk to my kids about career choices and they're young, I mean, you know, but we still talk about that, that, how important college is and, and all of that. But I'll be honest with them and say, you know, it's just important that you do what you, what you want to do. Um, what, what, what are you drawn to? And, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think I would continue doing that and support them in whatever they decide, you know, and not pushing them one way or the other. Well, so that's really, that's the, uh, that's kind of the first question, right? Figure out what you do Best. best, right? Yeah. And what he goes on to say is, you know, you should be spending the majority of your work day doing what you do best. Many people spend too much time trying to, to get good at what they're bad at instead of getting better at what they're good at. And I, I see this all the time. Um, even just in coaching, it's really easy to, to kind of focus on the challenges, but not always focus on the strengths. And so, you know, as a coach, it's important for me to, to pull out those strengths for people. And it's the same thing when you're picking out a career. I mean, what is it that you're good at? And what do you enjoy? And and let's use that as a base rather than, well, I procrastinate or I do this or I do that. You know, let's let's get that negative stuff out and just focus on what what you feel. You know, are you good with people? You know, um, do you feel like you relate to people? Can you read people well? I mean, th- those are the things that we want to start asking. Um, and you know, the, the the things that you don't like or you're not good at, then um, depending on what kind of career they're in, I'll always ask: Is there a way to delegate? the things that you don't like so that you can focus on what it is that you are really good at. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that is a huge, big piece, um, that, that I talk with, um, with my clientele. And, and I think the next question I think is great. What, what are you most proud of in your work life? Um, and what he is going on to say is that this, this answer could be another tip off about what you should be doing because you're really digging into kind of past experience and, um, it's easy for us to kind of forget what our accomplishments were and just, again, focus on those challenges. So this is a question bringing out, you know, what, what are you proud of? Where did you persevere? Where did you beat the odds and, um, talk about that. So I think that's a a great avenue. You know, and that gets to, that gets to a set of tools we could talk about, which is this, you know, how do you catalog your own accomplishments? Like, how do you, do you, do you keep a journal, a diary or Evernote? Like, what is it that you do when you, when you write a great report, do you keep a copy of it so that you know that, you know, you got great feedback on it or you want a sale or you, you know, you, you, put together a great piece of code like how do you keep these things um, you know fresh and in front of you so that when you when you are feeling low when you're feeling down uh, you know how can you go back to these things and say gosh I've really done good work and I'm really mm-hmm. proud and and when you have when you're rudderless you're directionless you say you know this is when I was happiest and most proud of my work that's that's a that's a whole different muscle well, and you almost do have to document it, right? Because the ADHD mind is going to forget it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they are it is going to go 
it's going to come to you. You're going to see it and then it's going to go away and yes. you're never going to go back to it. So yeah, I think that doc, that documentation and all of those examples that you said are great and you really should document it so that you can go back and, and remind yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think another key piece when you're looking at careers or, or especially company, these two next questions kind of relate together. Um, what sort of people do you work best um, with and, you know, who do you work worst with and what kind of company culture um, brings out the best in you? And so, you know, when you're looking for a new company to work for, um, you know, I think that those are really important aspects. You know, who do you work with well? I mean, and you may need somebody that's opposite from you. If you're not very organized, you may really want to work with people who are organized so they can kind of see the details that you're not seeing, be that kind of second pair of eyes for you. Um, you know, but really kind of when you're interviewing the, the with the company, you know, it you're interviewing them too. And, and don't be afraid to ask questions about bosses, work styles or habits or what, you know, ask them to explain the company culture because they are all different. You know, do you want to work in a real um, casual environment or do you want something that's a little bit more business professional? What are you more comfortable in? But really kind of getting to know yourself. And then when you go out and interview, you know, really ask those questions. You know, this is funny. It gets back to this issue of, of you know, what, where we get our value, um, you know, where we get our value in, um, uh, in the work that we do, right. Mm -hmm. That we, uh, you know, money only goes so far. Right, uh, but right. But so many of us say yes to a job because there's good money and we think we're going to be, you know, we're doing the kind of work uh, that we like to do. And yet we don't realize that where we do it and with whom really matters more than any of that stuff. It really does. And one of the statistics I remember when I was in human resources is that when people leave, it typically isn't about the pay. It typically is the relationship that they have directly with their boss. Yeah. And, and that is really key. So all the bosses out here, you know, that are listening, um, think about that. You know, what is your relationship with your boss? Because if you, uh, or with your employees, because if they feel loyal to you, then they'll be loyal to the company regardless. And, and I'm not saying you should pay them like dirt cheap, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but that is something that, you know, it, it usually isn't the pay that, that takes people away. It's, it's, it's definitely the relationships and the environment and all of that stuff is really important. Well, and I love the way you put that, too. It's this idea that you can take ownership of the environment and the culture and, and in the interview process say, look, I'm glad you're going to pay me for the work, but but the, uh, you know, the really... Um I could do a lot of things with my time, and um, I, I, I value it. And so in addition to a fair wage, uh, I also, you know, I want to make sure if this is, that this is a jeans kind of place. I want to make sure it's the kind of place that, you know, I, I have this experience in a, in a past life with people who, who came in and, and expect and really wanted a casual workplace, but we weren't, you know. And, yeah. and, and for, for this individual, that all boiled down to the fact that it was only uh, last names and initials in email addresses. And mm -hmm. this person was so fixated on the formality of last names and email addresses, right, <laughs> uh, that that they um, that they end up being absolutely miserable and ended up kind of working their way out of a job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. 
Yeah, anyway. absolutely. You got to know that stuff and it's yeah. okay to ask, Yeah. you know, if you're, if you're going to be in a new department, you know, who am I working with? You know, how long yeah. have they been with the company? What are their roles? How do they relate to mine? I mean, these are all questions you want to ask. And we'll talk a lot more about interviewing, um, when we get to that episode, but you know, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Yeah. And I know I have done so many interviews in my past, um, HR life, um, that I always appreciated those questions. And in fact, when of the, the biggest pet peeves I've had is when people didn't ask because I'm thinking, do you even really care? And, and so you need to ask those questions and, yeah. and I think it's going to look much better in your favor or Absolutely. more in your favor. Yeah. So what about career direction? Okay. So the last, uh, Okay, my screen just went black. How can it do that when I'm in the middle of a conversation? <laughs> the most important podcast Jeez. of your life. Gosh, the screen goes black. Okay, found it. Excellent. <laughs> the light is back on in my world. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last question that I want to highlight um, from his article is, what are your hopes for the future in terms of your career? What are your hopes for the future in terms of your career? And uh, he goes on and saying, knowing that fear is the only true learning disability, what stands in your way of reaching those hopes? Uh, Very well said. I can't really add much to it. I think it's a question that people need to sit and think about and ponder over a while um, and really think about where, what they want for themselves, what they want for their family. Um, what do they need? Right. I mean, there's, there is that basic need of, of money and, and things like that, but really what do they want and, and, and hope for, um, and where do they want to see their career? Because not everybody wants to be the president of the company. Not everybody wants to move up the ladder. Right. Um, they, they may want different things. They, it may be flexibility and that's where, you know, somebody that's coming from a corporate world is then becoming an entrepreneur because they really want that, that value of flexibility in their schedule means more than anything. And yeah. so those are the things you have to kind of think about. Um, um, one thing that I want to, to throw out there is, again, kind of going back to strengths. I think that many people don't always understand what their strengths are. And, you know, maybe they kind of know, but they don't really, you know, they couldn't really just tell you that this is what I'm strong in. And so there's this excellent tool that we use in coaching that I learned in, in ADCA, my, um, the, the, uh, organization that I go through for coaching education. Uh, and it's called VIA. Um, and it's a, it's a survey that you can take. Um, and basically it's a strength finder survey. So you go onto their website and the link will be in the show notes and it's free and you get the results right away. And, um, it's just a really great way to kind of look at you know, answering these questions and then looking at what comes to you and do you agree with it? Do you not agree with it? How true is it? Um, but it, it's a really good awareness on your part to kind of get an idea of what those strengths are. And a lot of times what I'll do is have clients take this test and then bring it to me um, when we talk next and we can kind of go over it too and ask some mm -hmm. questions around it. But um, anyway, so that is through VIA Institute on Character, I believe is what the website is. Um, but Pete, you'll make sure that the it will absolutely be there. And I've got how long does it take to take? You know, you probably want to give yourself, I would say, a half hour. I don't think it's going to take that long, honestly. Um, but the first time I took it, I had to take it for a class. And so I was, like, yeah. hurrying up because I needed to have it done before my class. And so I did it, like, in 10 minutes. But um, I, I, I would give yourself at least 30 minutes just to really think about 
the questions and and answer honestly and not feel rushed. Oh, I um, like that. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's always so good to have. I, I remember I took one of these indicators. It wasn't. It was one of the big ones. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't like Myers Briggs or or anything like that. It was just um, a. Uh, it, it was j- one of the more rigorous kind of evaluations, like interpersonal strength evaluations. And I learned so much about myself just by having the data. Right. It's like when you see it in front of you, when you see what, you know, your behavior, how your behavior drives your your strengths, uh, it, it, it changes the way you perceive your objectives and goals and what you want to do with yourself. Absolutely. It's huge. It's huge. Well, and what a great, um, what, what, this would be such wonderful information to take with you to an interview, right? Like you have this in your pocket, like the, you can look at these strengths and, and relate them to whatever's on your resume. And so when the question is asked, you will be able to expand where maybe you wouldn't have been able to expand before because you weren't aware and now you are. Yeah, absolutely. So really absolutely. great. Um, way to kind of prep yourself and, and yeah, going forward. Oh, Absolutely. So we'll definitely have those in the show notes. Uh, anything else for the, for the no, people as we, no, I think that's it. And just like I said, next week, we'll definitely talk about some more interview strategies yeah. and, and get a little bit more into the interview stuff, but um, great article from Dr. Hollowell. Uh, definitely encourage you to read the whole thing. Cause there were lots of questions. I, I went over what one, two, three, four, five, there was five other questions there for you to answer. So excellent. We will definitely put those in the show notes. And you know, for those who are interested in, in learning more about them, themselves and how their behaviors affect their time, you should reach out to Nikki because she is a coach in this stuff and is very, very good at it. She's helped a lot of people, and and you can learn a lot more about her coaching and her work and how she does it on the website. Uh, just click on the coaching tab at takecontrolorganizing.com, and you can read about how she helps uh, how she helps people uh, figure out their figure out what they want to do with themselves and how to how to improve their behavior. Uh, to get more done. Hey, uh, thank you everybody for uh, uh, for jumping in, listening to the show, and we certainly appreciate it. You know what we'd, we would really appreciate, and we haven't asked for this in a long time, but if you could leave a kind comment or two uh, on our uh, iTunes page, you know, iTunes, it's still the number one people where uh, place where people find this show, and the more comments and ratings, positive ratings uh, that show up for the show, the higher our show shows up in search results that it's just the way of the world so it really helps us out if you could uh if you could uh, share what you think about what we're doing and and uh, hopefully that we're helping you or you recommend us to a friend we appreciate it thanks everybody for listening and until next week uh, i'm pete wright that's nikki kinzer and we'll catch you on taking control the adhd podcast mm-hmm.